Traveling the Vortex. We join Leela and Ramana as they uncover plots and mysteries in episode 455. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Weary. Weary? Weary. Weary. What are you weary of? I had a, a, a nice long extended weekend and a bit of a vacation. We checked into a hotel and literally did nothing. We we planned specifically to not do any sightseeing or any, uh, you know, touristy type stuff. We just wanted to take advantage of the hot tub and the pool and relax. And so we played Minecraft and brought Catan and played some games of that down in the lobby and slept in and did a whole lot of nothing and it was glorious and then monday we had a mel had a meeting and so we did take in the steamboat arabia museum but it wasn't you know it's not that big a deal it's very cool i'd never been um but uh, i think that was just more more exercise than i'd gotten all week <laughs> <laughs> i moved i walked that was like oh man i'm tired <laughs> and then coming back and going back into the routine and picking up shy and going to work and everything it's like man that was a mistake. I should have moved some. <laughs> <laughs> we actually got a movie watched. What'd you watch? We watched Men in Black International. Oh, what'd you think? It was pretty good. It was fun. It wasn't as good as the uh, quote-unquote original trilogy, but it was, it was fun. I'd watch another one. I'm glad I didn't rush out to the theater to see it, but it was definitely worth watching. It's on my list, but I want to get... The kids caught up on the first three films because I think Caitlin's seen the first one, but she hasn't seen the other two. There's not a whole lot of references to the sequel or the third one. There's a couple to the first, but that's about it that I caught. We're also uh, three quarters of the way through season three of The Crown. So, Is this the season with uh, Olivia Coleman? Yes, this okay. is the first season with Olivia Coleman. I keep seeing ads for it in theaters. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I, I get excited. I was like, oh, Olivia Coleman's playing the queen again. This looks like a good. Oh wait, this is that Netflix thing. <laughs> it's so good though. It's I know totally it's good, but it. I just, I, that means I got to watch two more seasons of television just to get caught up on that. Yeah, but like, you got uh, Matt Smith in the first two seasons. I know. So there's your incentive. And there's been so many Doctor Who people and Game of Thrones people in this season. It's not even funny. <laughs> Did you watch anything, Glenn? I uh, watched. Uh, I've been watching Disney Plus stuff. Just <laughs> stuff that. Mostly stuff I've seen, but some things that I haven't. I watched Herbie Fully Loaded because it was the only Love Bug uh, Herbie movie that I haven't seen. Is that the one with Lindsay Lohan? Yeah, it was all right. I mean, I, I just I'm kind of a sucker for Herbie movies. So I used to love them when I was a kid. Um, it was okay. And then I watched uh, the African Lion, which is the true the documentary. Um, what do they call this? True Adventure or a yeah? True True Life Adventure. True Life Adventure documentary from the. 1950s yeah most everything else on there i've i've seen it's just now it's the convenience of it you know Mm -hmm. it's it's there in front of me and i found that you know there's i probably own two-thirds of at least (laughs) the films that are already on there (laughs) but i still find myself clicking on it going oh and now it's convenient i don't have to walk downstairs get the (laughs) blu-ray or the dvd we uh saw uh the new charlie's angels which was pretty good it's not great, but, you know, it's a fun little action movie. Uh, we saw Midway, which was not great, but, you know, it was all right. <laughs> kind of a fun little action movie. 
<laughs> Mas- it's masquerading as a big action movie, but it's it's, it's not. It's it's like kind of a, a second tier Pearl Harbor. That's what it kind of looks like. And then um, the Good Liar with uh, uh, Ian McKellen and uh, Helen mm-hmm. Mirren. That was pretty good. All right. Well, should we move on to feedback? No news. News. We do in whatever order you want, Glenn. News. Well, there's some Series 12 news ahead of whatever they're going to announce on <laughs> Doctor Who Day. At this point, I'm not sure what they're going to announce because they're announcing a whole bunch of other stuff. Like, Series 12 has wrapped filming now. It's officially done. Um, Woohoo. They have announced creative staff. Uh, so the th- they have announced the writers and the directors for this season. Um... Three new writers, Nina Metavir, Maxine Alderton, and Charlene James will join Vinjay Patel, Ed Heim, and Pete McGinty, along with, of course, Chris Chibnall writing several episodes. Well, it can't be too many with that big of a cast and only ten, ten episodes this right. season. Right. <laughs> oh, that's... He's obviously written four other episodes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they announced a couple new directors, four new directors, uh, Ninda Manzur, Emma Sullivan, Jamie Magnus Stone, and Lee Haven Jones. So some have, you can find out their CVs online of other things, but Ninda Manzur worked on Enterprise. Mm. So... That's pretty cool. Lots of new blood yeah. coming in. Any episode titles yet? No episode titles. <laughs> and we would not announce those on this podcast because they're considered spoilers by some people. And then they have announced the first guest stars for the two-part premiere, is what they're calling it, uh, for Series 12. Hey. Stephen Fry and Sir Lenny Henry. I'm not sure who Lenny Henry is. But. He's a uh, British comedian and um, presenter and actor. Um, pretty big name over in the UK. He was kind of big in the in the 80s and 90s, really. Oh, okay. I could have sworn that we knew Stephen Fry. Yeah, well, I... I, I think it had leaked and that, was not official. That is that did, what that was? Yeah, that leaked but was not official. And I don't think that... Uh, I don't think we reported it on the podcast, but I think we mentioned it all. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, but yeah, it is official now. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, it's about time. Be, be, be honest, <laughs> it's just, about time. It's a little more than just excited oh, yeah. for you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Finally. Finally. Uh, that's it for the series twelve news. Until you know December, uh, November twenty third, when we get assumedly a trailer. Yeah, yeah. The mirror supposedly is reporting that it's. Yes, there are r- rumors from the mirror that which sort of makes me wonder if that's why the BBC has gotten on these so quickly now because the mirror kind of dropped that information. There's a, to me, there's a good chance that the mirror might be right. Yeah. On this, and that's why the BBC is doing this because now their announcement, if that's what that is, is going to be lackluster now that the the mirror pretty much pegged it. So, and with it as close as it is. To the actual announcement date, I find it fairly believable. 
Although slightly surprising. Yeah. Why surprising? Well, just if it comes back when they say, that's not the date. That's not the day of the week I expected it to come back. Well, yeah. I, I didn't read the full article. I just read the headlines, so I don't know the well, full Well, the, the, the first episode would be on Wednesday. Right. The the first. So it would be New Year's Day. And then the next episode would be on the Saturday following. So it sounds like they're going back to Saturdays right. instead of Sunday, at least if the mirror is correct. Uh, so that second episode, and this would be a two-parter, would air on the 4th. So you'd only have like three days. Oh, okay. And then beyond that, it would be every Saturday until they run out all 10 episodes. Just like okay. Disney did with The Mandalorian. Yeah, it's yeah, very similar too. Yeah. So that's that's the thing. And I, I, I don't think it's unusual because they've already set a precedent of having one on a Tuesday on New Year's Day last year. Well, I guess so, well, I guess my surprise of it is the fact that it's the it's a holiday special that's also serving as a season premiere as opposed to a single standalone holiday special. Yeah. And that's I, the part that I'm a little surprised by that it's, you know, starting on a Wednesday instead of just starting on the 4th and going every Saturday. Well, I think they're using it more of as less of a being a spe, you know, a special and more of it being an event day because right. people are off and it's the new year and get them hooked. Yeah. Yeah. And not not that that's for sure the thing that's going to happen because the mirror does not have the best track record when it comes to <laughs> Doctor Who leaks. That's for sure. Doctor Who rumors, anyway. So they are the ones that said Woody Allen would star as Albert Einstein on an episode. So and that has not happened yet. So <laughs> yet. Nor, nor, yet, nor will it. Yeah, nor, nor will it ever. <laughs> I I apologize for sharing that mirror article. I didn't yeah. catch that. I saw it yesterday early, and I thought, uh, I'm going to wait, see if anybody catches on to this, and, and nothing to nothing, nobody, everybody. And then I, caught, I saw a couple other news outlets were reporting it, but they were attributing the mirror is reporting. Well, that's just attributing the mirror. That's just regurgitating the mirrors article. Just posting your own instead yeah. of sharing the mirrors. And yeah. Nobody else had another source. And so I thought, eh, just leave that alone because I imagine that's just a that's clickbait for the mirror. And then today I got on and I was like, oh, we've already posted it on <laughs> Facebook. And I, I fell into the, you know, I, I, I didn't see the initial, but I saw several other places reporting that news. I didn't catch the part where they were all reporting it's from the mirror. <laughs> so... I, I got I got suckered into that. In other news, they found all the missing episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that also comes from the mirror, so it's got to be reputable, right? Right. <laughs> all right. What else? Uh, Candy Jar has a couple of announcements. Uh, they are releasing a book called Clack, the Arts, the Doctor Who Art of Chris Achilios who did a predominant amount of the Target novelization art covers. And so it's going to collect all of his arts along with commentary from him and fans about his artwork on the Target novelization covers, um, including a contribution from Peter Capaldi and a foreword from Terrence Dix in the book. Cool. That's pretty cool. And then Lucy Wilson Mysteries is having a Christmas special book called Christmas Crackers. It's a collection of Christmas stories. Five stories set between Christmas and the New Year and beyond. So you can pre-order that now. Very cool. 
I'm excited for some more Lucy Miller Wheeler or Lucy Wilson Miller. Lucy Wilson. We haven't had Lucy <laughs> excited Wilson. for Lucy Miller too. <laughs> oh, yeah. True. We haven't had Lucy Wilson for a while. No, we haven't. Since the clowns, right? I believe so. We still have to do Bledo Cadets too. Yeah, both versions. Yeah. All right. What else? That's it for news. Cool. Now let's move on to feedback. Feedback comes from Jamie. Jamie writes, "Hey Vortexers." So you're finally doing the Gallifrey audios. Hooray! I love the Gallifrey series. I enjoy the politics. Romana and Leela are such wonderful together. Canine is fun. Narvin grows so much as a character over the course of these. Brax, the old sly dog. Civil War, alternate realities, Daleks, the Time War. Whoops, getting ahead of myself. (laughs) Well, you see what you have to look forward to. So, series one. Starts a little slow, but soon picks up. I haven't listened to these in a while. I really should put them on my review list now that you're finally getting to them. Maybe I will. Yeah, hold on a minute. Right, so I've listened to them again. (laughs) Let's break things down. Weapon of Choice, a really enjoyable story that sets the ball rolling. Intrigue, politics, action. Tarvold is slimy and seems your standard CIA man. Everyone shines. Leela, Romana, the canines, Brax, Narvin. There's a surprising lot of humor, too. I'd have to say, though, that the man who steals the show here is Meph... Uh, Mephistopheles Arcadia. I cannot say it. Mephistopheles. Mephistopheles Arcadian, which I forgot to mention last week, that he was one of the highlights of uh, of that first episode for me. Uh, Every scene he's in is a joy. The low point is Nepenthe. I don't remember that one. Nepenthe? Nepenthe. Who goes a bit over the top and not in a fun way. A good start to an enjoyable series as it delivers a good story and starts to lay the groundwork for what is to come. Square One, Doctor Who meets Groundhog Day. It's a decent story that showcases Leela well. The villain isn't who you'd think, being that it's actually the conference organizer who just wants everything to be perfect. A good use of time. It's okay, but not a favorite. The Inquiry might be my favorite thus far. I really enjoy the politics and all that goes on between the leads and their representative factions. Romana, Leela, Canine, and Brax on one side, Narvin, Torvald, and the CIA on the other, with Darko unaligned in the middle, at least for the moment. If it weren't for the hanging threads of who was behind the Timonic fusion device crisis and the disappearance of Android still lingering, this would have made a fine season finale. Have I mentioned how much I like Romana? She's really good here. The force she gives when throwing her presidential weight around in the climax of the episode is astounding. And a blind eye. The one with no scenes set on Gallifrey. An enjoyable story that wraps up the season, primarily wrapping up Andred's disappearance. The ties to Charlie and the Web of Time arc were well done. And they should be, as this was written by Alan Barnes, who wrote both Storm Morning and Neverland. Eric was played well, complete scum and not in a fun sense like Arcadian, who, again, was a delight. I still enjoy Weapon of Choice and the Inquiry better, but this is a very solid story that works. So I've made it clear that I really like the Gallifrey series, and sure, there are episodes that aren't my favorites, but you get that with any of them. I'm really enjoying Gallifrey. Its serialized nature, though, means that, well, you can't skip around. All the main characters are great, well-acted, and well-written. Romana, Leela, Canine, both of them, Narvin, Brax, Torvald, it's really funny in places without being written as a comedy. It all stems from these characters. It's a strong opening. 
Series 1 hit the ground running, grabbed you by the shirt collar, and dragged you along. And the great thing, at least for me, is that I wanted to keep going. Series 2 and 3 are also really good. If you like politics and or the characters of Romana, Leela, K9, then you should definitely listen to Gallifrey. I can't wait for you guys to do Series 2. Keep up the good work. Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. Well, let's dive into the last half of Series 1. Before we get started, I want to point one thing out. You guys talked about how you didn't like the... It was mostly him. Theme, theme song. Because I thought time. of this, too, after we stopped recording. And I think this is okay that you guys didn't care, or that Sean didn't care for it. I'm okay with that. But it is unfair to relate it to It's Torchwood, yeah, because this predated Torchwood too. by two years. This particular set of stories came out in 2004. Torchwood did not come around until 2006. So this one got the well, now I hate one the, up on it. Now I hate the Torchwood theme because it's Gallifrey. <laughs> so, so just to be fair, uh, this this had the theme first, and then Torchwood. I'm glad you thought of that because I was going to bring it up this week too. Because after the fact, I, it dawned on me. Oh wait, no, this is two years before Torchwood ever. It's still not a good. Well, I think theme, you said though. you didn't like it, but you're the one that said it sounded too much like Torchwood. No, no I, I totally agreed. With oh, maybe it. you if, said. If you, that. I think maybe we okay. both said it, but I, I said it does. Yes, it sounds like. Oh, Torchwood. you agreed with him. It yeah, sounds like right. Torchwood. Yeah, yes, right. but you did agree. I don't think it's to its detriment. I mean. It may not be what Sean wanted when he came to the Gallifrey theme song, but, you know. He wanted that horn from the uh, uh, death zone. On yes. That. Yes. I wanted something. I, didn't, I, wanted, I wanted pompous and and uh, stuffed and full of itself, and instead I got this weird little techno action thing, and it just was like... Mm. Well, the, the series, instead of trying to be the West Wing... It's trying to be a CIA drama. Yeah. So if it were actually more like the West Wing, it would have the horns. But because it's the action drama, it's got to go with a different style. Mm, I, for me, it's it's as out of place with the series as the River Song theme is with hers. It just, it's just not that. See, I liked hers too. <laughs> I know you did. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't love the theme for this. Uh, to, to be fair, I don't think this is the greatest theme. Um, I might have even picked a different theme for this, but it doesn't bother me. Not like it bothers you. All right, synopsis. If I'd been in the room, I'd have said no. (laughs) (laughs) The Inquiry. President Romana has been called to account for her actions, but the only evidence that she has responded to a real and present danger has disappeared. To clear her good name, she is dependent on the testimony of the very... People who went to see her public, who want to see her publicly humiliated, and her power removed. When Leela tries to discover the truce of on her own, Ramana is forced into an uneasy truce with her rivals at the CIA. But at least she can be sure the inquiry will be handled in a fair and proper manner. Or can she? When the investigation itself triggers danger and time is quite literally running out for all of Gallifrey's power and knowledge. Just who can Romana trust? Bum, bum, bum. We are going to get so many unqualified clicks this week. So I am naming this episode Impeachment Inquiry. (laughs) 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 And it wouldn't be wrong. That's true. It wouldn't. I like it. Um... I liked this one. I don't think I probably liked it as well as everybody else did. So I'll let you guys go first and find out if I'm wrong. 
I found this one a bit confusing. Yeah, so did I. Um, hard to follow. I got it, but it seemed a little bit too high-minded for itself. I think there's a little too much techno babble trying to wrap up this um, this matrix virus, whatever they, what they call it, the uh, data bomb. Yeah. Um, the wrapping around to the trying to you know put the mystery and the intrigue of who planted it and was this thing did this thing actually exist and I thought it was clever that all of this ended up being a cover up for something that did happen that it ultimately didn't happen but did happen and was recorded but didn't really happen because it wasn't affected in the matrix because real you know time it, it's outside of time that was clever but there was a lot of the the winding around to get there and Braxtell's um, um, involvement in it basically trying to cover up art buys for his collection yeah. was just it seemed kind of random for a while um, but it took me a while to kind of really kind of catch on to what was going on and I found myself backtracking about two or three minutes each time to try to catch something that I had missed uh, in order to stay up with it but overall I I thought that the idea of it was kind of clever. It just almost got too clever for itself sometimes, which made it confusing. And it's like they were trying to create this mystery of something that, that had happened and they were building on it, but they built too many layers into it. So it became very convoluted. Convoluted is the word I was going to use is it's a very convoluted story where when you get to the end, you can look back on it and kind of see, Oh, okay. I see what they were trying to do. And see, you know, the the actual resolution and the ideas of whether this thing existed or not is very, very clever. But the road getting there is so twisting and turning that you get lost in the weeds and you lose the big picture and it's not as enjoyable because you're not understanding what's going on until you reach your destination. Right, right. Once you get to your destination, everything's fine. Just getting there is the almost not painful, but it's a it's a struggle. Yeah, it yeah. really is. The only thing that really carries me carried me through was you know Romana and Leela and K9's story arcs of what's happening with them and what they're doing and trying to f- f- sort through everything that's happening. And sometimes you want to be challenged by a story yeah. in this way, but this one almost is to the to its detriment of being too challenging. That, as you said, it just becomes so convoluted that it it until you get the payoff, it's exhausting getting there. Right, and the payoff is very very clever, but the path to get there it's not as rewarding because it's such a struggle. Right. And in a weird way, it's one of those that there simply may just be too much going on that it's diverting your attention away from what feels like the big issue. And the big issue is this data bomb. Right. At least that's how I would interpret it because we've had several, you know, the Matrix is the end-all, be-all repository of Time Lord knowledge. The Matrix is, of course, uh, incorruptible, and it gets corrupted about once a month, it seems like. Um <laughs> We, we, we get all these lofty things about what the Time Lords think of the Matrix throughout the series and in different audios. And so the idea that somebody has planted a bomb and is going to destroy all of it, that it's, it's going to, at least that's what they think is going to happen, right. um, that to me is a huge and great idea. But that's a big idea. And it almost becomes a, 
well, okay, if we're going to do that, let's do it. Then you don't have time to be monkeying around with an inquiry or hunting down these people. Or You need to solve this problem. This is your right. A number one priority. Right. And plugging canine into it, no offense to canine because he's great, but plugging canine into it to try and halt the, 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 the slow of time within the major is like, nah, that's not a big enough resolution for that. And then we keep following these other trails, which, again, are interesting in and of themselves. But there's that ticking clock in the, you know, what, is, what are you going to do with this? Nobody seems to really be to dealing go, with this problem. How do you have time to go deal with Braxy tells Art when there's this bomb that's about to explode? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Leela left, or uh, Romana left the planet <laughs> in the middle of this crisis, which if I was under investigation and then being and threatened of being impeached and there was a bomb ready to go off in the data center, I think that maybe leaving would kind of make me look guilty. <laughs> yeah. uh, just, just, just a logic thing there. But well, it's also a cheat though, because the, the solution to the data bomb is let it go off because it, perhaps it's not a data bomb. And, and luckily the gamble pays off because it's not, it's, right. it, it's, it's, it was a device to reveal the what had happened and what was being covered up, and Brax still was using it as leverage in case you know he needed it to uh, get out of his get out of jail free card. Um, so yeah, then it ends up being kind of a cheat because it's like you've got this big looming um, catastrophic event that ends up being kind of the reveal of the MacGuffin later, and mm -hmm. so it, it, to me that was a bit of a, 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 a easy way out. Yeah, uh, and with the groundwork that was laid in the previous two stories about the Timonic fusion device and everything, it is it you that doesn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> it just is a silly name. <laughs> it just of Rassilon. Put right, that at the end. Something, then it's, something it sounds else. better. That at least justifies <laughs> the Timonic fusion device of Rassilon. Oh, yeah, it actually doesn't prove it. <laughs> It's just because it feels like you should focus on one or the other, either the data bomb or the Timonic fusion device. And it short services both by splitting your attention. Oh, but the Timonic fusion device is not real. Oh, but it is real. But it is. But it's not real. But it was stolen. And <laughs> oh, but yeah, and uh, but, that but, was but that was, was enough yeah. of a plot for me that could have sustained this whole episode, and I would not had any issues with it. And mm. I think it would have been a lot simpler of a plot to try to follow, as opposed to well, the mystery the, of who took it instead of the mystery of the mystery of the mystery. <laughs> right. There's too many layers of the mystery. This shouldn't be that big of an onion. <laughs> it's almost. It's almost a plot that would have benefited from another episode. Yeah, it's definitely it, feels well, and that's part of no. oh, <laughs> overall. No. Well, no, just because no, you'd no. have the opportunity to go, here's this one, and now here's this one. Instead yeah, of trying yeah, to yeah. Ram okay, I see what you're saying. Had you, I suppose if you had focused each episode to one part of that that's device, yes, kind of, yeah. you you scrub the next story and split it between the two. I got you. Which you really could scrub the next story. <laughs> but we'll get there. <laughs> oh, I like the last one. I'm torn on it. <laughs> well, it, we'll get there. there we'll, we'll get there. What else do you have to say about this one, Sean? You had more. Sorry, we... no. It, it just um, like I said, I liked it. There, there was a lot. There was a lot to it. So there was a lot to like. I liked Canine. I liked Romana. Although it was a little painful having Canine shoot Canine. <laughs> <laughs> Which he did with gleeful abandon. <laughs> <He sure did. laughs> yes. 
<laughs> just, yeah, I got this. Blam! <laughs> He's unplugged. Um, I, I, I know that Jamie liked Romana throwing her weight around. And on the one hand, yes, it's a, a, a cool, empowering, get em moment. But I also find that Romana throwing her weight around, which she seems like she's done actually quite a bit uh, in, in these stories where she, she starts to really, at least, you know, at least she gets loud and yells in every story. Um, it, it comes across almost more, I don't want to say abusive, but it, it's, I don't know. It's just loud and angry. And I, I kind of fall back again on the, I, I feel cheated in some ways because I, in my head, kind of expected Romana to be a very different president than I think the corner they've painted her into. Despite the fact that she's this, uh, you know, revolutionary uh, uh, progressive who's trying to bring all this change, it really feels like she's another stuffed shirt yelling in a meeting, not getting anything done, politician on Gallifrey. And I, I think that does her a disservice because I, I want to believe that all the lessons that she picked up traveling with the doctor and then however she gets out of e-space, et cetera, would have put a different mindset into that. Now, maybe they're building up to something down the road. Um, I complained about the uh, Android disappearance, and obviously they were building up to something bigger down the road. I don't know why you didn't see that coming. No, I did. <laughs> I, I did. I admitted that it's, obviously this is where they're going with it, but I wish there, I wish there had been more to it if we're going to go that way about it. Because I don't know about you guys, but if my partner disappeared, I'm not going to go off on some exploratory mission with you to solve this problem. I'm looking for my partner. Yeah. You know, that's that's my mission. That's the thrust of, I don't care about this timonic fusion device. I don't care about the hostage crisis. I don't care about a, a, a data bomb. I care about Android. That's where that focus should be. And so the idea that, you know, we can send Leela off to go be an exotic dancer, uh, I'm not sure I'm buying it. I don't care how long he's been gone. That's not in her nature to give up on him. So they're just little things character-wise that haven't quite settled into the... the, the what? It's, it's like Captain Jack. It's the, the, this, you know, Doctor Who Captain Jack is different from Torchwood Captain Jack. Well, Gallifrey Romana is different from Doctor Who Romana. That's, that's just kind of where I'm coming down on it so far. I'm still enjoying the ride. It's just, it's just a little different. See, I kind of, I guess I look at it differently for Romana, whereas because of their discussion of her being so progressive and so liberal, and it's her mired in the paperwork and the bureaucracy trying to do something and struck, and not being able to get past their hurdles. That's why where she you gets... feel like she's sending in a room right. yelling, get nothing, getting nothing that's... done. I don't think that's an inefficiency on her part. That's an inefficiency right. of the system. I, right. I agree. And no, I, I think agree the reason that. she gets loud and yells is because out of the frustration of trying to overcome this because she is a progressive. And because so she I, wants to do things like the doctor does. I, and I see her as a mature uh, Romana now. She's matured much from when she traveled with the doctor. And so I think she's... She's taking more of a serious role and using the uh, opening of her mind that the doctor gave with gave to her in her travels in her presidency. And I think that that it makes her a stronger ruler. And in fact, I like it. I, I thought the first two episodes that she did. She wasn't assertive enough. And so this one, she's finally becoming more assertive. She feels like she's 
actually filling the shoes of somebody in, in that presidency role. And I think it's even more so that she's kind of throwing her weight around in the next story. So I'm actually enjoying her and, and, and feel like this is the apt progression of the character for her, in mm-hmm. my opinion. So, No, and I can see that. And especially when you consider, I mean, she was fresh out of the Academy when she first joined the doctor so she's very wet behind the ears and very young and even after a regeneration she's what maybe 200 at this point in 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 her career we don't know how long she hung out in east space but you know go go even three and 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 estimate high i can't imagine there was ever a 300 year old president in gallifrey's (laughs) history they've all been somewhere up in the 15 1600s probably that was Kennedy. That was the young one was 1,700 years old. Right. So the fact that she has now stepped into this, it, it, it is very well, jarring probably for the rest of the Time Lord society. And I would think that the doctor's influence is why she takes off in the middle of all this to go try to solve whatever issue is going on. I think that's her hopping in the TARDIS to go, you know, track down Braxiatel and the art situation is due to the doctor's influence more than, you know, anything else. Yeah, you're probably right. Because, right. you know, he scampers instead, instead of sitting behind a desk, you know, pushing paper, pushing paperwork, she's getting out, getting right. out there and doing something about it. I also felt that uh, while it was great to have, um, I don't remember her name, but the High Inquisitor. Um, Dark Hell. Dark Hell. It was great to have her back and, and, and hear her and, and just kind of fall back into that. I thought she was wasted. They really didn't give her much to do, it seemed like. For being called the Inquiry, there sure wasn't as much Inquiry as I thought there would be. I sort of thought so, too. Although I'm kind of glad there wasn't, because I... The first story, the first two stories really kind of felt like they were getting mired in politics, and so I really was hesitant to get into this one, knowing what the the subject matter was and what the... from the title, and I thought, oh, great, but I didn't feel like this one was... I mean, it did, but I think maybe I've sort of gotten used to it not to mention that they were trying to put, instead of confusing me with the polit- politics or, or maybe boring me with the politics of it, they made me jump through hurdles trying to figure <laughs> out what was going on with this, the mystery of it all. So, Meanwhile, back in the courtroom. <laughs> well, how about the next one? A Blind Eye. Earth, September 1939. With Europe sliding into war, a young Englishwoman her loyalties torn comes to a terrible decision but what does the intergalactic secrets broker mephistopheles arcadian once with the fascist sympathizer cecilia sissy pollard on the last day of her life still searching for the facts of the griban debacle president romana makes a deal with the devil so begins a chain of consequences that can only end in tragedy for the passengers aboard the vienna to callis transcontinental express the woman called Leela included. By journey's end, the truth will be out, but at what cost to Romana and Leela? To Gallifrey's empire, even. <laughs> this, was a, this was a great story. It was not a good selection for Gallifrey. I, I, see, I, I, I see what you're saying, and then I kind of thought about that after you, after you said that before, that it wasn't really needed. This feels like, to me, a little what the River Song stories kind of felt with you in reverse. Yes. So, like the with the River Song box set, 
you guys kind of well Sean specifically kind of felt like that first story was felt out of place Mm -hmm. because the next three are really kind of the connective tissue this one I kind of felt like the first three were kind of this connective three-part arc and then the fourth one was kind of a step away from from all of that although it does continue the Andrin plot eventually it gets there Um, but so I, I, I see what you mean but I actually, for for me, this one was a little refreshing to have the reverse of putting something like this on the end of a box set because a lot of times you have that you're you're trying to out achieve the last story in in a box set and it's really bold and daring to put the sort of complicated one at number three and more of a simple story. At number four, I, I, I appreciated that bold move, and I agree. It's much different than what we were getting. It's a completely different setting. It's completely, you know, we, we have the same cast of characters for the most part, but we're all put in a kind of a different situation than we have, and in, 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 in there's not a lot of the politics going on here. It's more of a a scheme that's that's been hatched, and uh, I liked it. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was clear. I liked the setting. I liked India Fisher coming back to play she, Cecilia. Um, it just the uh the the having this rogue time lord that you know is is going trying to you know the the Charlie Pollard situation is supposedly put to rest, you know because of the events of of well the debacle that ended up with the Divergent universe, but uh but then to have somebody come in and, and realize that well Cecilia can be the anomaly this time and we can create the anti time uh. Uh, paradox again you know i I thought that was kind of clever um the reveal of uh tolvik being android and and what had happened there i thought was felt a little was a little shaky on that because it felt like that was almost placed here to tie it to the first three stories and like they really hadn't figured out what had happened to to android yet yeah exactly oh well we'll we'll just make him torvald here yeah so I thought that was a little shaky. Um, Although I did not see that twist, coming. but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see it coming <laughs> either. So I, it, it was clever. the The other thing, though, that I have a problem with it, though, is is because it feel it feels so much like an afterthought because there was no groundwork laid, in there were no hints, there were no, you know, I mean, well, there. I don't want to be told that it's coming, but I want it to be able to look <laughs> back and see some signs that oh. Maybe I should have seen this yeah. result. Or this. The, the big one is in when um, Leela goes in, they pull the, the data extract, and it's like, oh, well, it's been glued on. Oh, well, okay, somebody pulled a swap on those, and I, I wonder I, why. And I guess that was a, a, a moment of foreshadowing. But even so, you would think that if they had planned this out, they would have given Narville some some sympathies or some compassions when interacting with Leela occasionally. <laughs> Something to, you know, give a hint of, well, why is he sometimes kind to her yeah. when he really shouldn't be? Agreed. That's, wh- that's what they should have done more than anything else. And I, I, I like the story a lot. I thought it was really good. I do not think it was a good finale for this season. Um... I think it should have been moved elsewhere, even dragged the Android story out a little bit, or rearranged. It just it, 
as much as I enjoyed it, it felt superfluous to the rest of the box set. Yeah. Even though technically, to be also fair, they did not release this as a box set. They released these chapter by chapter, chapter by chapter, monthly. Right. And then took a year off between seasons, which I think is typical what they do with the Gallifrey stories, is they they were up until a certain point. Right. And then they they start doing boxes. Yeah. So. I suppose I, I'm of two minds of the story of because it doesn't serve as a series one finale very well, but they're also kind of still figuring out how they want to do this. And because it's not an actual box set, I'm a little bit more forgiving of that aspect of things. Yeah. yeah because it doesn't it's... have to be a finale. It doesn't have to be a, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be an ending even, uh, you know, in that regard, as far as, I mean, if you wanted to leave some of these plot threads for the next season, I'm Which fine is, with that. They kind of do leave yeah, some. You, you don't have to wrap everything up. I, I think my dissatisfaction comes primarily just from the, you know, again, this was a great story. It just, it seemed like you shoehorned the Gallifrey characters into a Doctor Who story. Because it, it feels very much like the Doctor would have shown up on this train and gotten involved in the yeah, the, yeah. the situations here. So it's a great Doctor it's, Who story. It's very formulatic for a, a Doctor Who story. But the, 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 the politics and the, uh, the, the Timonic Fusion device and all this other stuff that we've gotten in Gallifrey thus far just didn't really seem to work. It doesn't fit with the surroundings or the, the story that's going on. And, and bringing Charlotte or Sissy in... And and kind of having this oh well now it's her, that's eh, just again it's uh, even Arcadian says oh it just ha-, you know it's it's not you know we're not creating Nazi Germany we're not doing this we're not doing this in fact the fact that it's Sissy Pollard is com- really completely immaterial to the plan. Well then okay why if if she really doesn't have anything to do, it was just convenient. There really wasn't any reason to do the stunt casting and, and, and bring India Fisher back and, and attach the name Pollard to it. If you're not going to go there, then don't go there. It seems to me that's a waste. If you're going to, if you're going to go with a Charlotte Pollard arc where this is her sister, then okay, well then let's do something with that and let's make that a meaningful, uh, you know, reason to do it instead of just going, Hey, look what we did. There is there was some plot to that though because of the anti time right. thing she and was, what Eric was trying to do to make Romana resign, otherwise he was going to release the anti time because she is Charlie's sister. But right. the the way it was described, it gets complex. It, yeah, com- the, it, it's another one of those convoluted things. But the way it was described, just the fact that she should have died and she hasn't yet because of this intervention. Oh, we've now created... They, they really played it off as if it could have been anybody. It didn't have to be Pollard. It could have... It, it wasn't that, well, her genetic structure is tied in with it. They didn't... I mean, they didn't... I didn't need that, but they didn't go there with that either. It could have been Bob. And Bob tripped on a rope in this timeline, but he didn't in this one. And that's what creates this divergence of stuff. They, they just kind of played really fast and loose with it. And for me, I... I just wanted more. Also, and I don't remember, it's been long enough since we've heard the original um, Charlotte stuff that it, I don't remember. She talked a lot about her sister. Did we know that she was a Nazi sympathizer? I don't know that we I did. I don't know if we did. Yeah. Because that was... That. I knew she had a sister. I knew she had right. a sister, but that was kind of as far as I my memory went back. That was really pretty jarring. Well, and it seems like some of that 
happened after Charlie's disappearance. And and again, that's a, a justifiable exploration of this character, which could have been really pretty good. And I would have liked to have seen Charlotte come back and deal with the ramifications of you disappeared and this is what happened to her. Okay, yeah, now we're talking. That's that's some good drama there. But just to have her be so flippant about it and treat Lila the way that she does because, well, we're superior and all this kind of stuff, it really left a bad taste in my mouth. Well, she's a Nazi racist. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I think she. I think it was meant to leave a bad t- <laughs> right. taste in her mouth. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, that's, that was the goal here, right? I, I, was wait, I was waiting for somebody to punch her in the face. I, <laughs> I, I, think, I think it thoroughly did what it was supposed to do there. I, I mean, more from the standpoint that it seems to taint the family in in that way then and again everybody's got a black sheep a skeleton in the closet but but, i mean think if you think back to charlie's kind of conversations about her family and how she was raised it's not that surprising yeah charlie's almost more the black sheep than sissy that's certainly true because of their upbringing and their stature in society of the way they viewed themselves because mom's no yeah mom's no saint yeah yeah very true. Charlie. But um I think they there's a lot of that stuff with Sissy and the whole plot around her not just Eric's plot but the alien wanting to kidnap her to, you know, sell her could have been explored a little bit more had we not tried to shoehorn some of the Gallifrey plot into the story. I think that's probably what happened too is a lot of that got shoved aside because we had to make room for the Gallifrey connection stuff. Yeah. And had this been an open opening to the next season of this is we finally get the resolution for out uh, whatever his name is, Andrid, in the beginning of the next season, this I think this would have been a great kickoff story because there is enough that you could connect that stuff without having to worry about the time well, on fusion device had we resolved that previously. I would agree, but I think that they need, because they were focusing on this being the season ender, the season finale, that's what they were doing was they were going for the aha moment to end this with. Yeah. And that's why they did it there. Um, but also I think, I'm not sure what to think of Leela's reaction to this because she's so determined to find out what's happened to her husband. It's clear that she still deeply feels for him. And then, I mean, I think she feels betrayed, and I think they're going to probably explore this more in the next season. But she obviously feels very betrayed that she's been lied to. That, But just her reaction to it seemed very three or 180 for, for where she was as a character. And so I'm not sure what to think. I guess I sympathize with how she reacted to it, but it seemed like maybe it was a little too harsh of her to react the way she did. I'm not sure. What do you think of that? It was another one that felt hollow. It, 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 was, it, was, it was a very unsatisfactory ending um, in my mind to just kind of leave it the way that they did. Um, so we have Andred, and, and he's, he's not dead. He's taken over the identity of this guy and forced to regeneration, and now he's this guy. <laughs> Just, okay, and, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't... 
I, I guess I just don't follow the the through line with that. It's, you know, there was a shootout, and there was the, okay, I get that, but but why? It just doesn't, at no point in time could you have slipped her a note and said, I'm undercover. Right, right. You Something. know, you know, don't want to blow or, my cover, or, but I'm or, undercover. Or a don't worry about me, everything is fine. Not necessarily give away who he is even. Or yeah. Not, right. not maybe give that information, but, uh, you know, at, at some point, at least let her know that he's okay. And the, the previous. But then you wouldn't be able to have all that mystery and intrigue surrounding her <laughs> trying to find him. And, so, and the previous yeah. installments have kind of made it out like this is the worst kept secret on Gallifrey. Everybody kind of sort of knew something was up. Even they, if they didn't know specifically what it was, Romana kept telling her to drop it and don't look into it. And, you know, every, everybody knew something about it. But then to come to find out that this is what it was, and it's like, well, okay, then who did know? Because now I'm mad at those people, too. Right. Well, see, right. I don't think many people did know. I think that's... everyone assumed that it was Torvald had killed Andred. And that's what was the worst kept secret of everything. Right. I think everybody felt like they were covering for Torvald. But they didn't know that Andred was actually Torvald. And and if and if that's the case, okay, why are we covering for right, this guy? Right, right, because that's, that's the problem. That's the, that's the problem of that. I had with it because you're right. It seemed like everybody knew maybe not the details of what happened, but knew something that happened. And then when they get to the point where this came, the reveal came, I kept thinking, well, why did you lead me to believe that people knew something when everybody's surprised by this at this point? You know, so. and, and, and and through the whole thing, Torvald's kind of a jerk. He's not a likable character through no, any of this right. at all anyway. Which is what makes it really feel like they shoehorned this. So then why are we covering for him? Yeah. If you suspect that he killed Andred, why aren't you going after him with all guns blazing to right. get rid of him? You know? I mean, why aren't you using this as a ha-ha? Well, and or... They should have gone, or they should have pushed it the further that other direction of if you go into this, you're going to get taken out too. Sure, even that that would have have gone that that, way. That would have worked, but I think I want to. I want at least until this was revealed the way it was, I was kind of led to believe that maybe they were they're covering for Torvald because they don't want to reveal that Andred actually had you know, gone bad or gone rogue or bad, because they did set oh, that up yeah. because he was doing the investigation. And so he played into that. Own, right. Yeah. And so that's where I kind of felt like they felt that Torval maybe was justified in killing him because he had turned. And so I think that maybe, and if they were doing it all to protect Leela from that and, and reveal, I think that's what they were. Try- that would have worked. Right. That's what I'm saying. I think that's what the, the road that they were trying to go with it. But then they kind of turn it on its head when they get to this point, and that ruins that. So. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's also a fairly big shift of gears from a character that I think most of us think back on fairly fondly when we think of Invasion of Time to suddenly have that switch happen off screen and, 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 and bring him back in that capacity is like, what? I mean, where, where was the... Where was the motivation for this? Where was right. the? It, it becomes. But, but a, he didn't. I mean, he's, yeah. He obviously I mean, was. It, it, yeah. if that's where you were going to go with it, it kind of becomes a a, a, a Star Trek six. They were going right. to have Savick be the bad guy, right? And Gene Roddenberry had to step in and go, nah, no, she's kind of reached favored crew status now. You can't do that to her. That's how I kind of look at Android. Is this is a character that I genuinely like, 
if you're going to flip him, you've got to give me a real justification for it. And so even the flip of him becoming Torvald is not a big enough, it, doesn't, it just doesn't work for me. So there are a lot of little problems that wind up piling up into big problems that really kind of mar the story for me. And like I said, it's a shame because it's a great story. Right. It just doesn't fit with all this other baggage that they had to bring on the train. <laughs> Anything else on these particular stories? Well, what, looking... did, what, do you guys, what did you guys think of the overall series? I mean, we've talked individual stories, but as an overall series and an arc, how it, was it? It's fine. It's had, For me, it's had enough highs uh, and highlights that it's, it's an enjoyable series, and I am looking forward to continuing and, and going on. I'm specifically looking forward to because I know where they've kind of come to, not not specifics, but I know where they've come to now with what they're doing with the series now. Yeah. So I'm really excited to kind of get from point A to point B. But um, yeah, I, I think they're doing a good job. I, I thoroughly enjoy all of the cast members. I think all of them are great. They 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 the they've really kind of all grown on me. Any ones that I was hesitant to to like or. Not 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 necessarily like or dislike in you know I just I don't like that person but because sometimes you're not supposed to like a person but right as for not not so much likable but I like all of the cast of characters in this and so uh, if they stick with this and kind of keep even if they keep tight with this cast I think uh, I would still quite enjoy it so yeah I'm very much looking forward to more Gallifrey because I you know as I've kind of said I I enjoy the political stories I enjoy the the inner machinations of, of, you know, the slimy time lords versus the little intrepid band of, no, we're not going to let that happen. Um, and, uh, yeah, that can be a little tropey and redundant, but at the same time, I, I, I kind of like tropey and redundant from time to time. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to more of it. I just, I, I hope that they can... This, to me, feels very much like kind of an experiment to see what they could do with it. And now that they've got this under their belt, I kind of hope that they'll they'll call it. It's like the, it's like the opening series of a TV show that like, well, maybe season one wasn't so great, but they kind of find their footing later on. That's kind of what I'm hoping for at this point. Agents yeah. of Shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd agree. I've enjoyed the season and am looking forward to more of it. I like the characters and I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do. Knowing that they're going to dance, or also knowing that they're going to dance around the time war so much and the lead up to it before actually dipping their foot in there. So seeing the dancing, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how they handle all that. Because I mean, also as we listen to these, this is pre the show coming back. So there's no reason for any of anybody to think of, Oh, there isn't any Gallifrey right now anyways. Right. Yeah. So that just the idea of, how the show's return is going to impact this series just right. makes me really want to jump into season two because that's came out in 2005. So mm. get through that and into season three, I'm sure is where you really start seeing the effects. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Well, Sean, what we got coming up on the schedule? Well, coming up on the schedule, we take a break from our big finish retrospectives. Uh, to go back into the television series, because believe it or not, there's a new episode out. Kind of. Uh, <laughs> a new old episode. <laughs> a, a new old episode. Macroterra. Now with animation. One we've even reviewed. One we've even reviewed. <laughs> it's the, the giant crab one, if you don't remember. Uh, but it has been uh, completely animated and reissued by 
the BBC, and uh, we are going to watch it and talk about that next week. And then we'll get back into our uh, our, our big finish uh, reviews with uh, the War Doctor Series 1, Only the Monstrous. <laughs> yes. Ooh. Get ready to hear that next week a lot. <laughs> That's the controller chimes. That's my ringtone, by the way. That is the absolute best theme song for Gallifrey. That's what they should have used right there. It should have been. been that. <laughs> uh, that's been my ringtone since we reviewed Macrater last time, which has been, what, two years ago now? <laughs> I'm looking forward to going back and watching it again. Actually I, getting to watch it. Actually getting so, to watch yeah. it instead of uh, piecemeal it. So. Still, still pictures. Of course, you can find all updates to the schedule on our website. And while you're there, be sure to click on the Patreon link and consider supporting us on Patreon. And remember, you can also send your comments to feedback at travelingthevortex.com or by clicking on the Send Feedback link on our website. Until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.